What's happening? Welcome to the first season of Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I'm your host, Yomi Shode. And this season, we will be focusing on what it means to be black, British and a poet or spoken word artist. If you're interested in getting a greater insight into the journeys of some of your faves, then join us and keep listening. Saying that, if you do like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, we're back in for part two of our conversation. I'm talking to Ni Ayikwe Parks and Caleb Femi, exploring the world of publishing and how it impacts black British creatives. Hope you enjoy. Imagine, and I say this to both of you in regards to all, a, a publisher has come to you wanting to kind of, yeah, publish your work and everything. And you're this poet, you're just like, oh, cool. And it's all, I see it, the equivalent of a record label approaching an artist or music artist, whatever it is. And... The, the, and I'm not even speaking for myself, I'm just thinking for the emerging poet that this happens to, you don't want to ruffle them feathers too, too tough because here are these big folks that could really propel your career to a certain degree. And like, you know, this is not necessarily how you're feeling about what decisions I want to make about the lightness or darkness of a portrait or whatever it is. But at the same time, you don't want to upset them. So yeah. what you're saying is, F it, like just... Listen, it's your work, it's your integrity, it's your principle. If they don't want to ride, then they probably weren't for you. That risk is it's a big, it's a big ask. Not many people will be like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to mess this up. Um put, Caleb, like pictures, the book. <laughs> was it an argument? Like <laughs> um, what was it what was that? It wasn't an argument with Penguin. It was um it was just like cool, this is cool. Um yeah, I think they they embraced it straight away. Um even before they saw the photographs. Um yeah. I was I, the first initial conversation I had with um with Penguin, it was it was just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, this is no. This is what I'm currently doing. This is how it's formatted, and um, and there was no resistance in in that way. Other publishers were a bit like, "Yeah, we don't get this. We don't we don't understand why you're doing this. Uh, is it right. a poetry collection? Is it like something else? We we don't know where to place it, and we think um, it might be a bit uh, disruptive in." Um, sort of marketing it out or having discussions about it. And I was like, you know, fair enough. In this world, um, I, I, I love it when someone just like lets you know where they stand with things. Yeah. It wasn't a thing where they, anyone was actually saying, oh, we'll look at it without the photos or we'll, yeah. we'll consider it without the photos. It was like an understanding of what I'm trying to do, a respect for it and... Mm. And then also them respecting their stance and being like, yeah, we, we, we're not sure about it. Which yeah. generally, I, I, think, I think poetry is more exciting than it's allowed to be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I feel like yeah. in general, we are really the true rock stars of the literary um, art form. We are. Mm. We're the ones that get to dictate new forms. Um, we're the ones that get to conjure up ways of presenting poetry, whether it's on the page or, or, or off the page. 
Um, so why isn't it that we we aren't we aren't embracing that mandate to just do mm. what we want? You know. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, Which, I think it, it's mad. It's mad. It's mad. I still people just like I still have comments like, "Oh, is th- this is your website?" I'm like, "Yeah." And like, "What you do poetry?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like. Oh, and this is your website. <laughs> I'm like, what? You can't say that I can't be flying my website because mm. because I'm a because my art form is poetry and I write poems. What are you trying? What do you expect me to be doing? I how you expect my web? How you expect my web page to be looking? Ooh, I don't. I don't. And it's that. It's that kind of thing of like, why not? Why not? And I think this is just innately my mum out in these streets right. because. She would just say, even if you go into the shop, you need to make sure that you're presentable at all mm. situations because you never know what's going to happen. Do you know, this is innately something cultural in me, so mm. it's not just me just trying to flash for the sake of flashing. This is something that has been, this is something that's almost been inducted in me it's from there. from from. It's just there. You can't go out it's, and it's, disgrace your mother. <laughs> 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 you think you are living just for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> but, oh also, but also, like ultimately. We are, and I sing this song all the time, like we are in the most unique point of human history ever. The way that we consume the world, the way that we experience it is so multidimensional that when we are trying to communicate that through, through words, there are other means that can supplement that. Um, I mean, if we, you know, strictly speaking within the confines of, of poetry and, and words, I mean, um, we have to ask ourselves how experimental are we being with forms that can actually reflect the life and times of like this current age, how we are experiencing it, the interface yeah. of it. Um, mm. And then like also who said like, where was the rule that we couldn't like combine other art forms in order to make new hybrids of, of art forms that can, speak more accurately to yeah. to the time in which we we're living in at the, at the current moment. Yeah. I yeah, am. yeah. And I, I wonder like also, I mean, I have to say of the bigger publishers doing contemporary poetry, um, Penguin Random House at the moment are, are doing some really interesting stuff. And I, you know, they had Claudia Rankin, so they, they were probably more prepared for photographs. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Than, yeah, yeah. than yeah. the other publishers. Um, as Facts. well. In addition to they have some great editors there. Yeah. They they have Facts. they have a couple of great editors there. So that's um Absolutely. Um, I there was a po- there was a point in time, I think early last year, Caleb, that I sent you poems and you sent me poems mm-hmm. and it was just dope to see language and syntax in a way that we both understood it without having to actually ask each other oh what did you mean by this and what did you mean by that mm. it just it just clicked and it made sense um even in the poem you read earlier little boy is mm. l-i-k-k-l-e mm. do you know what i mean it's it's there's language in there that speaks straight to me straight to the manner straight to the people that need to just understand and to the community that need to you're trying it. to rhyme there. Hey, so I'm trying to do it. Well, well I'm in the studio. I'm in the people, straight to the 
Bro, I'm in the studio that has birthed and, and supported and grown great artists. It's just the ancestors are in here, B. This is just what's going nice, on nice, right nice, now. Nice, nice, nice. Language and the importance of language. Ni, you spoke about um, Ga. Um, yeah. um, um, and I know there is a hybrid of language that, that we, we all use, like yeah. us just having this conversation now in our poems, in our day-to-day being. What's the importance of language for you? Um, has it always been there? Because I remember a point where, you know, I was I was even anxious to add some Yoruba in my poems because I just didn't know if it would be considered poetry or taken on board or without criticism or or with with it being looked upon and in a way that people are not going to take it seriously. And then I had to own that for myself mm. to a certain degree. <clears throat> Um, what has that relationship of language been like for both of you? <laughs> oh, you waiting for me? I thought I was going to let me um, start that one off. <laughs> the look uh, in these faces, like, boy, I can't. I took it. I, I, I had to take a moment to think about it because yeah. the funny it's, thing is, it's deep I one. think my relationship to language has always been a love affair from day mm. one. Like I hear words and I just be like shaping them in my mouth. Like, you know, there's some words in Ghana, like, like, I hear, I'm like, Oh, there's music in this, you know? Um, it's just flower. You know, it's like, just, you can hear the, the shaker in it, you know, this, I, I, and I had that, you know, since I was a kid. And, and, um, and so I think that love is, always been there and it relates to a love for music as well because music is language music is language mm. and language is music you know mm. it's same because if you think about it we're just making sounds that somebody happens to understand if you don't speak a language all you hear is the music mm. um mm. the words don't differentiate into anything um and i think yeah for me so i love hearing new languages picking up words and you'll probably see in my book there's probably about seven languages in there yeah, um, sometimes it's just a word here and there because i hear it and i i feel yeah you know i love this word and you know that's that's what it is so um that love of language is also why i edit it's also why you know um i fall in love with songs it's also why i fall in love with people uh, <laughs> It's, it, you know, it, 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 it governs everything, everything in my life. Um, and I think that's all I can, that's all I can say about it. And the, po- the poetry that I love the most is the poetry that exploits and, and, and leans into that love of language, you know? Like yeah, when a man I says think. the night is teething, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a Caleb line. Oh my gosh, bro. What about you, man? Um, I think language has always been about rebellion for me. It's always it's always been about uh safe space, you Mm. know. Um there's a particular the way that I view language, if I'm able to speak to you in a particular dialect in a, or in a particular and use particular words and you can understand this is my safe space this is how I'm able to like conjure up and 
and sort of facilitate safe spaces between people um, in a in such a heavy world where like constantly doing that back and forth of of uh, code switching and and um, and all of that kind of stuff. I always feel like all the other all the access that I have to all other forms of language, if we're you know strictly speaking in the English language. Just allows me to be able to to carve out uh, small, you know, enclaves and just small spaces in which that I know that if we're talking like this, I can relax and and be and bring out and you know a side of me that the world usually uh, tries to to um, to sort of push into like the ether of nothingness, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah, language. For, so so then by like by incorporating certain like being more expansive in the language that I I write poetry with, it's sort mm. of just like a, a lighthouse or maybe like a signal to other people who um, who have access to that language and know how to uh, use it, and um, together we create a safe space. Um, so I've always felt that, like, regardless, you know it, what it is. Yeah, I, I know exactly how you feel about the whole, like, putting Yoruba words in poetry and how it might think, how, how it mm-hmm. might be received, and mm-hmm. and that's something that it took us a long time to to unlearn, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it speaks to to just the insidiousness of of language or how language is representative of. Um, of the violence that we go through every day that is enacted on, on, on us that etches away, um, at, you know, our self validation, you know, and, um, how much we're allowed to be, uh, performative members or equal members of the same, uh, artistic landscape. And that violence. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that there's no way there's no way I'm I'm talking to both of you without addressing this violence this 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 violence in turn in regards to before I get to like the last question or mm. just the last point I got to touch on just the, um the just the the publication or the publishing of black Brit authors right I I feel like. It's something that I I really want to explore. It's just a, it's just how <laughs> it's just like it's 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 either it's do you feel like there there is that I feel like there like I don't it's frust it's a frustrating feeling even hearing he talk about earlier in terms of just like what hurts him is 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 like the the amount of authors that are sending work his way with the feeling that. No, none of these other people are, are 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 just looking into work or acknowledging what I'm doing. I know that at the moment now, my 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 manuscript is being shopped around, and and the, the emails I'm getting back, the emails I'm getting back is mad, bro, because it's like it's like we like we like what we're reading, like we really like what we're reading, but and it's that but it's almost like that but that's very interesting, right? <laughs> and because I'm like, there's such an emphasis on how you're taking to it. Mm. So then my question is, so what's, what's the situation? What, why, why, 
why are we pausing, B? Like, what, what's the red light about? What's going on? Mm. And I'll never know. I'll never, I'll never, I will ever. I get the kindest emails sometimes for the most part, mm. but I'll never know. But I do believe even outside of myself or whatever it is, I think there is a type of violence. <laughs> I think there is a type of, of, of microaggression. There is a, a type of energy in terms of work that's probably not deemed as poetry or too risky mm. to put out there or whatever it is. And I really want to talk about that, man. I really want to just check in. We might spend the best part of two minutes on it. Mm. But it'd be good just to get your views on what your, especially from Flip Ties perspective and from your perspective, Nee, no, sorry, um, Caleb, now in terms of just how, and just the interim of that, what life has been like between that. So, boy. Hmm. <laughs> I mean. What's going on? I have years of this stuff, you know. Um, mm. Somebody was talking to me very recently. Um, who was I chatting to? Chatting to Derek Owusu. And, uh, and he, he, he was talking about this time, because we're now in the George Floyd in the George Floyd peak, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like people be signing up. Black writers, um, or look like black writers <laughs> for days. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, skin folk ain't always kin folk. So, mm-hmm. yes. So I say black writers or look like black writers because for the, for the, for the industry, it's about what it looks like. It's about the visuals. Yeah. And you always have to remember that. Um, and he was talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. And I really want to be optimistic. And I think we have more tools now because we have social media and stuff like that to keep something like at a certain level and actually gain control of our following so that we don't need the big publishers to, you know, to do the thing. You can go to anybody and you know that you'll be fine. Mm. But we have had many dawns. Mm. You know, there was a, there was a time... Like Korty Newland and I, we go way back. Um, Korty is the reason I started writing fiction seriously because I used to do poetry, but he used to have a a gig at a place in West London called the Post Office Theatre. He was writing a residence, which meant that on the weekend it was empty. So we used to gather, it's like musicians, poets, playwrights, Mm. filmmakers, beat makers. We just gathered there on a Sunday, have a little food, a little drink, talk. People come share some work and just hang. And that was like a big, like little artistic growth hub Mm. and in that space you know there was a moment of euphoria when it was like you had Gerard Adebayo you had uh, Monica Lee you had um, Zadie Smith I mean there Mm. was a whole bunch of people that came out at some point including Courtier Mm. and everybody's like it's changed it's changed the game's changed five years later it was like you know, they'd mind the ones that were going to carry on. And and then like no new people were coming and Mm. it was like silence. Mm. And so I approach this with a kind of cynicism is to understand that the industry will do what the industry does. Yeah. And we have to take control of like, when you talk about mentoring and, and, and the, and the community of, of writers or people that you keep around you to keep going. That's, that's actually way more important. We need to work at cultivating that harder. Mm. Than we try to cultivate relationships with big publishing per se, because those relationships sometimes getting into big publishing comes out of those relationships. You know, yeah. like Bernadine now able to say to Penguin, "We need to re-release these books by black British authors." Yeah, it wouldn't have happened without the Booker, right? Mm. And the clout that comes with that, 
and that cloud part of it is social. Is is this is this new technology we have where if she sends out a tweet, we know how many people it's going to. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's building these communities and understanding that these communities have power and ultimately mm-hmm. also building our own things. Um and really the other thing is to remember that we are all exiled from our motherland. And if we're in the diaspora, we need to make sure that these links, we carry them across the oceans and we keep them strong. This whole thing of we're going to put, I mean, a lot of British publishers that say they're publishing black people are publishing African-Americans. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. But let's, you know, they shouldn't be tying us with the same brush and be saying, oh, we've published one black author. No, <laughs> you know, and if we keep that dialogue with them, and we're making sure that they know what's going on, you know, then different questions will be asked and different things will happen. Mm. But I mean, I feel, I feel your frustration. Look, I have never had a rejection. Actually, my rejections, I could edit them. They could be blurbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Like, it's like, da, 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 amazing, 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 such energy. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's always like that. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like you, we're looking for something from you and you're not giving it to us. You know, you're not the kind of black we know how to sell. Mm. And I'm never going to be that kind of black mm. because I, you know, I, I am not, and I wasn't raised that way. And so my agent, me and my agent even have this thing where he's like, Oh, you've brought me another difficult book to sell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, but at least I know he's in the trenches with me because yeah. if he tells me the thing is good, then I know even if it takes five years to sell, it's good because he's objective with me. Yeah. Mm. So that's it. Yeah, so it's so BS, man. Honestly. <laughs> I, I uh, it's I guess a lot of it is about understanding where each butt comes from. You know, um whether that is a sense of um not feeling like this is something that not meeting their, their mandate as to like what is considered um, their flavor of poetry or what will appeal to a particular group or a particular sensibility. It's a weird one. I I think ultimately what I've always tried to keep at the center of everything is... is, uh, Okay, let me think about this properly. When we think about violence, especially a violence that is swift and almost uh, intangible until it hits uh, you, like the butt, I always think about what kind of keeps you grounded when you're hit with such a blow. And for me, it's always the, the enjoyment of the, the process, have I enjoyed the process of making this thing one? Do I believe in this thing? Um, and are there people outside of poetry circles that see this and see something in it? Um, yeah. f- for me, with Paul, it was something that I had to let the man them read. I had to let people who didn't care about poetry. I've got friends that don't care. They don't care what I do. They don't like poetry. <laughs> they never ask me about it because they don't <laughs> care about it. Um, yes, any achievement that I do, they'll pat me on yeah. the back, but they're not really, it's not really a space that they they're interested in you. In. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and the poetry that I, 
I want I want to write poetry that is for everyone that it needs to be for and not specifically writing at you know at the heart of this I'm, I'm speaking to like these set of yeah, people that's folks. in this particular poetry community so uh, the bar is always a, a, a for me it's always like a, a, about not not really understanding the potential of this thing and who it's for and that's okay that's fine and we'll keep grinding and we'll get to the point where we can because ultimately sorry I, I, that was an unfinished <laughs> thought but this is what I guess this is what I'm really trying to say <laughs> the, <laughs> why are we why do we want to make a, a collection of poetry why do we want to make a, a book the reason why we're trying to do it is for a particular mandate that we're answering for our community we want our community to live forever we want our community to get stronger. We want our community to have conversations um, that perhaps they're not having or they're not having enough of. Mm. That is more the functional use of the book. We want people to be able to escape. We want people to be able to um, therapize and, and, and process a lot of topics. So ultimately, some, sometimes you have to grit your teeth and um, and just take it on the chin until you get the book made, because ultimately the community is more important, and you're willing to walk across a, a a bed of like nails, hot nails, in order for you to to make something for your community. Nobody nobody knows all the all the violence that has been I've, I've had to endure to get this book mm. made, but ultimately. Mm. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about them. It's not about Penguin or whoever else. It's about the people. And this is what you have to do in order to make work, especially if it's for the black community. This is what we have to do. And yeah, do you know what's really interesting? The name of the violence is um, Erasure. Yeah. Mm. The name of the violence is erasure because actually the but is coming because they're saying, we don't know how to sell it to this community that does not include your people. Mm. Mm. So as much as we're reading the but and we're not really thinking about it subconsciously, we're also aware that they're saying your people are not important. That's mm. the real violence. Mm. That's the real violence. That's what it distills to. Mm -hmm. And if you want like actual, um, like incidents in culture where you see that happening. One of them is the interview where Toni Morrison is asked when she will write white people into her books. Mm. Mm, yeah, okay. I've Which is that. almost to say that if there are no white people in books, then the book hasn't arrived. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that is the violence that essentially black British writers are facing mm. because ultimately half the time when they're getting the butts, it's not about the work. Mm. It's about we are not prepared to empathize enough to see where you're coming from. Mm. And that's why, I mean, and that, that governs some of the work I do with Flip Tie because I always say, like, you need people in the editorial function mm. who have a wide enough range. The oppressed always have a wider range than the people at the top. 
I know you're getting your signals about time. <laughs> the press always have. We're in. We're in our souls out here, producer. How, how dare you try to stop our souls in the movie right now? So, that, go, you know, go because, for it, go because we have to. It's like this. You see these videos where people are celebrating some white person speaking Yoruba, mm. and you don't yeah. see videos celebrating us speaking English, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that is an expression of it. We have the range. We've because we need to understand the people who oppress us in order to survive, yeah. and then we understand our own. So that's the range. Mm-hmm. And Arthur Jaffa, who's a, an artist, said something. I just want to share that with you. So <laughs> he said he said this, and I, it really hit me. I was watching documentary. He said, "My work addresses black people. Everyone else gets to listen in." Mm. And when he said that, he was attacked by journalists. But he's like, that's what all art does. The greatest love songs are addressed to the person the person was in love with. It wasn't addressed to the whole world. We got to listen in, and that's where the power is. Interestingly, and I'm going to wrap up quick, but super quick. Um, at any point, at least beforehand, when I was writing in Yoruba and what have you, I would italicize the, um, the text or what have you. And, you know, um, Nat, she brought to my attention um, just this clip and she was discussing, was discussing why, why, why are we italicizing language? <laughs> I don't italicize the English language. <laughs> it is just what it is. So what makes my kind of, what, what makes, why should I italicize um, Yoruba from slang that the mandem know or whatever? If this is language that is known to me, it's as credible as it would be the English language. Why am I making it other? Absolutely. Or why why is it being othered to a certain degree? And I think that's something that I I had to even sit down and actually reflect on and be like, yeah, why am I make, why am I othering a language that is just as important as the English language to for the most part to me or whatever it is. Unless if I'm talking, unless if it's a character that's talking, that's when I need to enter some kind of italicization or or, or quotation marks or whatever it is. But outside of that, why can't it exist next to? This, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, what's on your bookshelves, bros? <laughs> what is on the bookshelves? <laughs> Thank you for that, man. I needed, I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. All right, why are they giving us this time just to talk? We need time. We need right? just, what, is, what is on the bookshelves? Uh, what is on the bookshelves? I can't talk about mine because it's currently a bit embargoed because it's another author. Okay. Um, but, okay. 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 Hey, oh my God! You're doing that money making reading. I'm trying my best. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Um, um, but yes, I'm rereading so um, Rogers' The Portable Paradise. Mm-hmm. Big up, big um, up, Roger There's Robinson. lots of poetry books that I reread. You know, um, there's a guy called James Noel. Um, Hi. And this is, is this is in French. It's called Belle Merveille, mm. and it's about um, it's based in Haiti. And it's talking about like these, um, you know, weather, weather, weather incidents <laughs> that mm. attack the island. Um, yeah. yeah, beautiful thing. And then I'm reading some other um, fiction book, Mario Vargas Llosa, The mm. Bad Girl. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm always reading right. a number of books, including children's books, which I've got lots of behind me because, you know, when my mm-hmm. kids come around, um, my, my daughter's been making me reread um, um, Look Up. You know that, yeah, 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 yeah. Dapo Adiola and, and Nathan, um, and then um, Hair Love. Um, oh, read that yeah, last yeah. week. So my my youngest my little ones. Is, is on is on that, making yeah. me reread them all the time, um, mm. Brilliant and reenacting books. scenes from it. 
this this is the thing about <laughs> representation. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes she's trying to climb my neck. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I look at the book. I'm like, oh, okay. That's what you're trying to do. I, I see you. I see you. Um, yeah. Caleb, yourself? Uh, I'm reading uh, The Housing Lock um, by Sam Selvin. And mm. I've, yesterday I was reading Alice Oswald, Holding uh, mm. Away. Yeah, yeah, because that's the form. The form in that is insane. Yeah, yeah, just the whole context of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yo, knee poem. Got something for us? Yeah, man. Always. Since we've been talking about man's born ready, is there always? (laughs) You see that confidence? (laughs) (laughs) Since we've been talking about violence, let me let me take it to love. It's called to be in love. Sometimes love is static. That Asian honed vinyl crackle, tagging along easy. A groupie bearing the bounty of beats, B flat horns, Hammond highs, and double bass staccatos that make a classic song. If your father ever missed a record's release, it was due to some lure your mother conjured. If he didn't, the records pulled surpassed the gleam of the lips mother smiled with. It was love either way. Imagine how, out of a lifetime hoard, he wakes one weekend to curate for you a selection of songs, letting the 33 one-thirds spin as he records them onto magnetic tapes he will pass on. Stickler for detail, he adjusts volume levels so Latif's horn will not suddenly drown Masekela's lady when the songs lean into transition. He will die soon after you have learned to love the five tapes he labeled for you. Technology will move on and you will stop playing them, listening to a a little 3-4 forgotten call as MP3 instead of on the old gray machine that clicks with a familiar cushioned resistance in the dark before the motor starts its coordinated roll before the sound lifts the hem of the invisible. But some blue day, your heart broken, sorting through the detritus of an eternal love that just failed to make a full 15 years, you stumble upon one of the tapes. You are surrounded by boxes, a lone black spot beneath clear-eyed London skies, a rare thing. Batteries located, you insert modern earbuds into a pale blue Sony Walkman and press play. Louder Hampton vibes ring out sharp and cheery on how high the moon. Time drags you back to your book-filled living room in Accra where all your loves were seated. You remember what it feels like to be in love because it's right, not because it's what's expected. You were lost close to heaven for three minutes, 20 seconds before Ham's flourish pulls you to the present. As the sound fades, a shadow falls over you. It may be a passing bird. It may be the shape of your father's silhouette. What is certain is a new song is beginning. Something with brushes as gentle as lashes and your cheeks are wet. Jeez. Boy, 
Boys. Boys. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Do is the pacing in life. You yeah. just, uh, yeah, that's a skill, bro. Absolutely. Like, it's an absolute skill how you hold space, and that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Stop your nonsense. <laughs> Teach me one out of two. It's just it's one out of two. It's about um, music, man. It's about the music. I, I, it's it's. It's in the music, and I'm just very deeply thankful to to both of you. You spoke about community, and I think one of the most important things for me, especially in my in my journey, to 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 what will be my first poetry collection at that at the point of whenever it will be. I think if there's one thing, we're waiting, very, we're waiting, man. If there's one, <laughs> if there's one thing, I'm very thankful to both of you for. And what's not discussed enough is transparency. There's been an absolute honesty in regards to whether it's the contracts, whether it's 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 where well, hey, you don't might want to take time or whatever. It's stuff that is it's stuff that is just honest and not like you're holding it for yourselves. Mm. And and it's something that you pay it forward, you know. And I'm very very thankful for in having these conversations with you as folks that's that's been there that's experienced that and one thing that i feel like is hugely lacking and in a way that we spoke about conditioning over time is something that is almost caused anxiety in terms of just sharing and just talking to each other more and i would hope that 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 processes like this and folks that might listen to this would actually encourage more transparency within um Black Brit authors, especially in terms of just knowing how this landscape works and knowing how to build these infrastructures and 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 just making the 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 best of our careers, you know. So, thank you very much in this conversation and just just wrapping around publishing and all the random stuff and 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 these sexy pictures that he's trying to show us. <laughs> <up on. laughs> thank you. Um, you guys acting like you don't have those photos, uh, man. Don't try this tired noise. Um, I, I enjoy enjoy every part of this day and 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 the year. Um, and let's just continue celebrating each other again. Big up, big up, big up on the twentieth year for Flip Tie. Big up on the Rathbone Folio shortlisting, Caleb thank you, and. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you guys in the physical, bro. And Caleb, I mean, I mean, I've told you by phone, by text, but thanks again for the blurb on my book, uh, for uh, taking the time to on. read it before it came out and all that business. Come on, man, you you've been instrumental in me just being instrumental a, a writer, so it's only right. And the work is bro. phenomenal as well, so thanks, it goes about um until until we catch up next time take care all right yes nice one thank you for listening to apples and snakes the podcast i've been your host yomi shode and i hope you've enjoyed today's deep dive into the lives of black british poets and creatives big ups to audio producer drew hawley at the lab studios if you want to find out more about apples and snakes head over to www.applesandsnakes.org and follow Apples and Snakes on all social media channels. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.